0: ...from a couple of narrow windows high in the back wall fell across an engine block dangling on chains that seemed far too slender to hold it. Below it, lashed to the workbench with razor wire, the fat man in the photograph was struggling to breathe. He was stripped to the waist, his huge hairy stomach rising and falling in time with every laboured breath. His nose was bloodied and broken, and one of his eyes had swollen shut. Crimson rivulets ran from where the wire touched his sweat-slick skin. A man in dusty fatigue stood over him, his face also obscured by kefir and goggles. "'Where is it?' he said, slowly raising a tire iron that was wet with blood. The fat man said nothing, merely shook his head, his breathing growing more rapid in the anticipation of fresh pain. Snot and blood bubbled from his nostrils into his moustache. He screwed up his one good eye. The tire iron rose higher. Then, the desert warrior stepped into the room. The fat man's face remained clenched in expectation of another blow. When none came, he opened his good eye and discovered the second figure standing over him. Your daughters, the newcomer held up the photograph. Pretty. Maybe they can tell us where their baba Hides things." The voice was sandpaper on stone. The fat man recognised it, and fear glazed his staring eye as the desert warrior slowly unwound his kofaya, slipping off the sand goggles and leaned into the shaft of sunlight, causing his pupils to shrink to black dots in the centre of eyes so pale they appeared almost grey. The fat man registered their distinctive colour and shifted his gaze to the ragged scar encircling the man's throat you know who I am? He nodded. Say it. You are Ashba, you are the ghost? Then you know why I am here? Another nod. So tell me where it is, or would you prefer me to drop this engine on your skull? and drag your daughters over for a new family photo. Defiance surged up inside him at the mention of his family. If you kill me, you will find nothing, he said. Not the thing you seek, and not my daughters. I would rather die than put them in dangerous way. The ghost laid the photograph down on the bench and reached into his pocket for the portable sat-nav he had pulled from the windscreen of the 4x4. He pressed a button and held it out for the man to see. The screen displayed a list of recent destinations. The third one down was the Arabic word for home. The ghost tapped a fingernail lightly on it, and the display changed to show a street map of a residential area on the far side of town. All the fight drained from the fat man's face in an instant. He took a breath and, in as steady a voice as he could manage, told the ghost what he needed to hear. The 4x4 bounced over broken ground alongside one of the numerous canals that crisscrossed the landscape to the east of al The terrain was a striking mixture of barren desert and patches of dense tropical greenery. It was known as the Fertile Crescent, part of ancient Mesopotamia, the land between two rivers. Ahead of them, a line of lush grass and date palms sketched out the banks of one of them, the Tigris, and the Euphrates lay behind them. Between these ancient boundaries, mankind had invented the written word, algebra, and the wheel, and many believed it was the original location of the Garden of Eden, but no one had ever found it. Abraham, father of the three great religions, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, had been born here. The ghost had come into existence here too, birthed by the land he now served as a loyal son. The truck eased past a palm grove and bounced out into the chalk-white desert, baked to concrete by the relentless sun. The fat man grunted as pain jarred through his bruised flesh. The ghost ignored him, fixing his gaze on a hazy pile of rubble starting to take shape through the windscreen. It was too soon to say what it was or even how close. The extreme heat of the desert played tricks with distance and time. Looking out at the bleached horizon, he could have been. St-